You are listening to 51st Dates Houston. I'm Connie Leon, your host. We will be discussing relationships and dating and everything in between with people from all walks of life. So get ready. Hey guys, so we are back with 51st Dates Houston and today we have a new guest and I'm really excited because it's going to be very different. Uh, My questions are not going to be the same. I think our conversation is going to go a little bit different. So we're going to kick off with introducing our guest and we're calling him Pastor L and that's what we're going to stick to and we're going to hear a little bit about who he is and what he does and his background and then we'll get into asking some questions. So Pastor L, tell us a little bit about where you're from, how old you are, what you do. I'm from Mobile, Alabama, uh-huh. and I'm 52 years old. Uh-huh. I'll be 53 on March the 28th. Oh, nice. You're at Aries. My yes. daughter's birthday's on the 25th, so I know. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Yes. And you're a pastor? Yes, I am. And so you said you are married? Yes. And you have two daughters? Yes. How long have you been married for? I've been married going on. It'll be 24 years oh, come nice. no, uh, November the 16th. Nice. Yes. I love that. 24 years. Um, and so for this show, I usually ask people about their dating experiences, right? But with you, I know that people share their dating experiences or have questions for you. So what are some of the most common questions that you get as a pastor? Well, one of the, the questions is, is this individual is the right one? Oh. Is, is he the right guy or is she the right young lady for them? Right. You know, and so that's one of the common questions always because so many people want to be particular. Right. They want to make sure they, 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 they got the right mate. Right, right. Because if you're spending 24 years with someone, right, yes. you want to know. And so usually are these people like really young, like early 20s, or is it even like, like I'm almost 40, like are, do you get it from like all age groups? All age groups. Yeah. yeah. And so what's usually your answer for something like that? Well, the, the biggest thing is for me is you have to pray and ask God uh, to show you. Right. You know, and sometimes I, I think as uh, we as people don't want to uh, see the truth. Right. Because we have so much feeling for this individual. And right. Then, but when you ask God to direct you or lead you, he'll show you. Yeah, and to give you those kind of like moments of clarity, right? Where you're, I'm, so I'm very spiritual, right? I grew up Catholic, but um, I don't really consider myself like a very good practicing Catholic, but I'm definitely someone who's always, I pray a lot and, you know, I try to like find that area where I can ask God, like, is this the right path? Am I doing the right things? And usually, you know, signs show up and, and I can figure it out. But, um, I think that's really important for, well, especially me, I'm 40 years old, divorced with two kids. So moving forward, I definitely want to make a better, better choice for myself. And that's understanding because, uh, we all make mistakes. We all pick and choose and figure like we have made the right decision. But as time goes on, we have to understand it was necessary. Right. God already knew you was going to make that uh, choice and he already knew that uh, you was go- at this particular time in life where you was going to be at. But you can learn from that situation. It's, right. It's, even though you might think it's bad, but it could have been a good thing because you got a chance to experience some things. You learn some things, what to do and what not to do. Right. So you Life still goes on, and, right. and you still got a chance. You right. still young, forty. You still young. <laughs> I, I like to think I'm young. I like to act like I'm young. Um, and so, what has been maybe like one of the most kind of 
I guess, funniest questions that you've gotten relationship-wise that you're just like, okay, that was, I was not expecting that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I think one of the things is from, from men's uh-huh. is, is that not being, uh, to me, it was funny because men believe in, you know, you don't have to show affection, you know, and that's funny to me because right. I'm like, if you're going to be with somebody, I'm, I'm like, Right. They they need to see a side of you that nobody haven't seen a side because it's okay to show affection. Right. And to me that was funny because the way I was growing up and how I was taught <clears throat> is that you know you you show your side you let a woman see that right. side of you that you 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 need her help right. as well. You know right. you you ain't the, you know even though you strong she might be weak right. in areas but she's strong and you might be weak in that area. So it was that was funny to me because. It's a it's a, a common question, right? And, and, and especially from millions, that was funny to me. Right, and I, right. I, I thought maybe, and especially from older men, said that. Wow. So, do you think it's more of a cultural thing? Yes. Yeah, because for myself, like I'm Mexican, and I feel like for the most part. I grew up in a culture where men don't show their emotions, right? Like they don't cry because they're the strong person. And and like with my son, who just called me before we were trying to record, um, I'm very much about son, you can cry. Like, you know, especially like we we're going through uh, the divorce process with them and we took them to therapy and all these different things. And I was very much about, it's okay to cry, right? And he tries to be really strong because what we found out during therapy was that he was trying to be like the man of the house whenever I, you know, separated from my ex-husband. And so at some point I would, I tell him constantly, like, you can tell me when you're sad, when, you know, when all these like other emotions are coming through and you're allowed to cry and be yes. upset, right? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so I grew up in that kind of culture where I wasn't really used to it right and now i meet guys and some of them like straight up like cry and it, it surprises me but it's good like i don't mind it right and, yeah. and it's something that i think definitely people have to know how to share and when that's that's important and i think it'll help a lot of men to be able to deal with their inner self mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. some um pretend to be somebody that they're not it's so many of them and and it, and that's be one of the things is the emotion that they deal with, mm-hmm. and they have to put on this face and pretend to be uh, so strong, and they got it all together. When all the time they like a little child, like a little boy, need right. somebody to just come there and to encourage them or comfort them, or right. they need they they need that spouse to be there. They need her to be there to to say it's okay, it's okay. We in this together. You're not by yourself. Right. But uh, this. That is so true. It's and it's good. Yeah. And I and I encourage any man. Yeah. It's okay to let your wife or your spouse, your fiance, your girlfriend see you cry. It's yeah. okay. That don't mean you weak. Right. No. No. It's just you're human. You, right. And everybody it. goes through things, and you. I don't expect everybody to react the same way, right? Or to be strong or be hard. And and so yeah, that's definitely something that I, for me has been very cultural and different to learn in my forties, right? Or like now as I like move forward in my dating life. Um, to kind of expect guys to show their emotions a little bit. So, yeah. So when you um, get these questions, so do people come to you sometimes as a couple? Like, do you help them with that kind of thing? Like, as couples, do you do that kind of counseling or, or kind of talk through different situations with yes, them? Yes, I talk to the husband as well as the wife. And, okay. And I always encourage them, you know, because the, the, the biggest thing is you have to find the root of the cause. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, even if you point the finger at him or he point the finger at you, 
it's, the, the main thing is you got to get down to the root of the cause. Why is this happening? Why is this going on? What's causing the relationship to be like this? Because you can find, as time goes on, you find out one is giving more than the other one. Right. And it's, it should be a balance because it's you won. You're no longer two. Mm-hmm. You become one. Right. And so when you won, you have to give the, the same amount of attention. It, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and I think that's that's one of the things right there. Yeah. No. Um. So for me, when I first got divorced and started going back into the dating scene, I realized that a lot of like younger people were into like the hookup culture right where like it's just about the one thing right like Mm -hmm. having sex and they move on um is that something that you deal with like you know in your ministry with like younger people like kind of working through like look it's not just about this one time like you have to actually form a relationship and you know you want to be with somebody long term is that something that you've dealt with in the past yes i have and 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 just understanding that you know we all been at that age Mm -hmm. i've been there at that age right and, and just going through a transformation and, and how uh, society see things right now. And it's this uh, generational thing going on right yeah. now. And it's no commitment. You right. Know? And, and where's no commitment art, uh, is, and that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so just dealing with some of the young people. And I, and I explained to them, you know, they, if you... This what you all about. This what you. This the response you are gonna keep getting. That's Don't look for them to change. And if you giving this what you looking for, right? Until you settle down and make up your mind that this what you want in life, then things will change. But otherwise. You're going to keep getting the same results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't, don't look for no stability because you're going to keep getting the same results. What you're giving, that what you're going to give back. <clears throat> what I found is that, so like I said, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 in June. Okay, we got totally cut off. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so what we were talking about is that hookup culture, right? So what I found in, like, like I said, I'm almost 40, um, but even like older men, right, between 35 and 45 that I've like dated and gone out with, that kind of like, you've been married, you know, like now you're divorced, you're in this new dating scene, and they kind of adapt that culture of like, that hookup culture, right? Where they're not ready to recommit or be stable again. And that's an issue for me, right? Because I'm 40 or I'm almost 40 and I want that kind of commitment and I want that kind of stability. But I find that even older men are like in that mentality, right? So do you have that where you find that, yeah, like this mentality of like not committing or not being ready for it, it kind of transcends through like the different ages right now? Yes, it, it does because... You you just find a, so many people don't want no commitment, mm-hmm. and they 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 it's it's to to me I believe that's the easy way out. That's a cop out mm-hmm. to me because I looked at for example I'm gonna use this my wife I met her in high school. Oh wow! The first day I met her, mm-hmm. even though she was dating somebody, <laughs> in my mind she gonna be mine. Oh, that's the mentality okay. I had. In high school. Right. And so I, I kept on, even though she had somebody, but I kept being her friend, her friend. But what I really felt about her is, is beyond right. friendship. Right. And when the time came around, as years went on, 
that opportunity came. Right. And we started dating and been together ever since. Wow. 1987. I've heard of that, right? Where like people meet someone and they're with someone else. And then years later, it's like, so I used to work um, at a uh, community center and we had a senior program and my coworkers knew I was single. And so they would make fun of me all the time because there was a couple there that they said that they knew each other when they were younger. They were each married and they knew each other as couples. Well, later 50 you know whatever years later they're in their late 70s at this community center they found each other again they're spot they were both widowed and now they're 75 and 76 and they're dating and my coworkers would be like honey you have hope you know like maybe in your 70s and i'm going no so what is that kind of what is the kind of advice that you give people because of like stories like you and other people that you know maybe it's not happening right now and it's something that like for myself like in the last year or so, I've definitely been thinking about it. Like, it's something that I want. I want to be in a committed, long-term relationship, but I'm not there yet. Well, I would tell you, I would tell you, stand your ground. Uh-huh. Write down what you're looking for. Okay. And, and believe, pray about it, and stand on it. Don't give in, even if it looked like it. Don't right. give in right. till you know that's what you've been praying about. Because the opportunity will come. Right. I look at I was persistent at her. But guess what? It was time. It, it went on for a few years, and we ran across each other again. Wow. And, you know, after high school, we ran across each other, and bam, there you go. And we've been together ever since, but I never gave up. Right. She was the one. I had already, the first time I met her, I said, that's the one. Oh. That's the one for me. Uh-huh. And she's like, go ahead on about your business. I've got a boyfriend. Right. That did not stop me. Right. Because right. I was waiting on that opportunity. Right. And when that opportunity came in, it happened, even though we didn't get, we dated for 10 years wow. before we got married. Wow. So we dated for 10 years, then we got married, right. and we've been together for 34 years, Right. been married 24 years. Right. So it's, it's just, just not, we went ups and downs, but the thing about it is being strong when the other one weak, and she's strong when I'm weak, and yeah. just, just won. And my thing to you is, you stand your ground, because guess what? It's somebody out there for you. I keep hearing it's that. somebody <laughs> out there. Guess what? Yeah. The way you're looking for somebody, somebody looking for that's that, that perfect woman. Right. They're looking for that particular woman. And right. guess what? It doesn't make no difference that you've been married before, that right. you have children. Right. It doesn't make any difference because guess what? It's one. Yeah. Just, just in particular, just belongs to you. And I love that. And, you know, you, you're saying about, you know, that one person is looking for you and you're looking for them. Um, the advice that I always get from like my friends or they're like, don't look for anybody. Like they'll come when they come. And I'm like, but I want to find someone. So that's something that I struggle with a lot. Right. The, like the fact that like I do date. Right. And I'm kind of on and off, like, on the dating apps. Like, I, I'm not consistent because I haven't had luck. And, I, you know, I'm more like if someone introduced me to someone or if we meet in person somewhere randomly. But, um, but yeah, that whole mentality of, you know, I'm not looking for someone or someone's looking for me. Or just the fact that, like, people tell me, oh, it's when you're least expecting it, when you're least looking, that's when it's going to happen. And to me, I get stuck in that because I want to find someone. Let me go look for them. My thing to you is the Bible say, the word of God say, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So guess what? It was always traditional. 
that the man go find the woman. So with your friend uh, telling you, just wait, you don't look. He will find you. I found her. Yeah. So guess what? He gonna find you. <laughs> when? In the right place at the right time. Because yeah. guess what? You, you have to understand, and this is what a lot of people don't like to deal with, and regardless of what whatever it may be, is that when you come out of a relationship, it's a lot of things you have to really be delivered from. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is sometimes people get out of a relationship or a marriage and go right back into another one when they really haven't been healed right. from the previous relationship or the marriage. So you have to uh, find out what, what, what was good and what was bad and, and work on those areas that you need to work on so that when that opportunity comes, it won't be no issue. You won't still have emotions still over there right. when you meet this, when he come along, when he right. come and find you. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah, and it's I a matter of time. It, it, it is a matter of time. Hopefully not when I'm 70, but <laughs> sooner than that. But um, the other thing is the healing part, right? Like that's something that I feel in the last couple of years um, that I've really worked on, right? Amen. I've gone to therapy. I've, you know, just everything that I've needed to do. I've done all the like by myself, especially during quarantine, right? This whole yes. year yes. where I didn't, I couldn't go out. So I'm usually a very social person. I do events. I do all kinds of things and meet people. Um, and during COVID, that wasn't happening, right? So I had to do a lot of things by myself. I And I got in that habit where even now I'm like, can y'all just go away? Like, I'm, I'm okay to be by myself. Bye. Um, and so I feel like I've done that healing. And I feel like I've met a lot of men that aren't really at that same point as I am. And I think that's really frustrating, right? Because I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm healed. And I feel like a lot of areas in my life that I, before, you know, two and a half years ago when all this started for me, um, I wasn't in that good place, right? And now I'm, I'm good and I'm ready to move on. And I haven't found that person that's like, I always say, because I, I do write what you're talking about. So I always say I want a man who is emotionally, mentally, and physically available for me, right? Yes, and so I haven't found that person yet. And it's kind of hard for me, right? Because like, like you said, the healing has a lot to do with where yes. we are. So what is like usually your best advice for people that are going through something like that? The healing process more than anything. Well, just, just continue to keep doing what you're doing because uh, I meet people like that all the time and and went through past relationship and divorce. And, and the biggest thing is they learned a lot about themselves mm-hmm. that they didn't know while right. they was married. Mm-hmm. And so the healing process is that you 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 learning to do things that you normally wouldn't do by yourself. So you learning to, to, uh, to communicate or uh, to deal with certain issues that you have a tendency to might cover up, you know, and so people people start learning to deal with those issues. And then as time goes on, they start learning that, hey, you know what? I'm better than what I was a year before. And then the next year, well, I uh, address this issue uh, because, for, for example, one of the things I had to learn is, is that I emotions and dealing with my own emotion, mm-hmm. even before I got married, it, it was a lot of things that I had to work on. It's about being responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not uh, putting everything on the other individual and start taking blame for things. I was making decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was making bad decisions. And so for me to blame others, I had to start taking the responsibility. The accountability for the yourself. The accountability yeah. for myself. And, and so that was something I had to work on. And then being able to work on that. And then after getting married, being able to be independent, then you 
You join it with somebody. Then you have to learn that it won't no longer mine. It's ours. You know, it's us. You know, so even after I got married, I still had to get healed and learn learning and, and being a father, you know, of two young girls, you know, and raising them and you know, dealing with all kinds of thoughts mm-hmm. going through your mind as a father, you know, is I'm going to make sure they have a better life than what I had right. growing up mm-hmm. and everything. And so the healing process is just a matter of time, right. you know. And, so and it's just ongoing, going, oh, right? Yeah, it's, it's still, even when you 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 get connected with that person, you still going to have things, because guess what? You got to start learning about them. Mm-hmm. You got to learn things about them. And then because you got to understand that when when it's you, and then you join forces with somebody else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to get understand. It's no longer you. You can't just say, "Well, I'm sleeping in this bed. You sleep in that bed." No, no, <laughs> you got to sleep in the same bed. So it's 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 a process. It's a process. It's gonna yeah. always continue to be a process. But the main thing is when you recognize it and address it. Right. What is kind of the main advice that you maybe giving your daughters? How old are they? One of them is thirty. The other one is twenty six. And so what, like, have they ever come to you or, like, do you ever oh, yes, give them dating talk. advice? We talk. That we is talk. so good. I we love talk. that. I love to hear that. My girl, my wife always tell me, them girls grown now. <laughs> <laughs> they going to always be my babies. Oh, for sure. They, they, they had the girls. Yeah, yeah. They're the girls. And I talk to them and I, I, I know my limit. I know yeah. my place. Yeah. And, and we talk about all, everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, that's what I love about my daughters is right. that. If if I come to them, I say I need to talk to you, and and then you know, what, Daddy? We get together. We have a. I try to spend time with one. Yeah. Then I try to spend time with a. Give them their date. Right. I have to have a date with them because I need to talk to them, right. see where they at, what they're yeah. talking about, and what's going on in their lives, and because yeah. I'm I love them. Just I'm having that them. open communication with them that's really good though. Yes, I, that's very important to me, yeah. even with my grandkids. Yeah, yeah I love that. Same, yes. Um. So. We talked a little bit about healing and just the whole process of, you know, finding someone. Um, I'm very much about talking about like the traditional dating where we're like you said, we're waiting for the guy, you know, to come and find us and make the first move. Um, and in that sense, I kind of consider myself non-traditional. Yeah. If I like somebody or, you know, I find somebody on social media, I usually add them and start talking like and you know if things happen and we date or you know end up going out or meeting then perfect if not i'm usually okay with it right um but so what is your view on that you know because you're a pastor like do you always believe in the traditional kind of dating scene and getting married versus now people kind of the girl being the one to ask someone out and maybe not necessarily getting married and you know moving in together and being having more of a like partnership versus like a marriage, I guess. Well, uh, I, I I believe for for me, I don't have a problem with it mm-hmm. because uh, you don't know how God gonna do whatever He gonna do. Right, man. You know, and the main thing is He been the head of the relationship, mm-hmm. and I don't condemn nobody if they living together and they not married. I don't condemn because I did it. Right, right. You know, before we got married, we were living together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so you uh, everybody's situation is different. Right. You know, and so um, I don't condemn. I just pray. Right. You know, that they be on the same, that they get on one accord. Yeah. You know, they get on one accord. and uh, But at the end of the day, you know, God is the head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he got to be in the mix. He got to be 
the director. Right. I I like that. And for me, like I said, I grew up very traditional, like Catholic mm-hmm. home. So when I got married the first time, um, I... I I did. We moved in together before we got married and it was something that like my mom kind of like, you don't talk about it, right? Like until you get married, you or you don't know about that man, you know? And so to me now, like I always tell myself, I really, when I first got divorced, I maybe a lot of people feel like this. I was like, I'm never getting married again, right? That's not going to happen. Now, like two and a half years later, I'm like, maybe, you know, if I find the right person eventually down the line, but it's something that I'll definitely think about a lot more than I did the first time. So, and that's, I dated my ex-husband for seven years. We, we were together for 20. And so I dated him for seven years before we even got married. But even at that, like now I'm like hesitant, like, will I ever get married? Should I? So yeah, that's definitely something that for me, um, I definitely now, my mentality is really different. Of course, I guess it comes with, you know, being divorced and age and stuff, but yeah. But you, you look at things so different now yeah. than before mm-hmm. because the decision that you make mm-hmm. is not just you making it. Right. You're making it for your children as well. Right. Because they going whoever you marry, they involved as well. Yeah. No, so definitely. It yeah, it's very different. different. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a different. That blending of like families. Yes. Um, so one of the things, uh, and actually I had this conversation last night. I ended up going out with a group of boys. It always happens, a group of guys. I'm always the only girl. And then I get into all these situations. So I was talking to this guy and he's telling me that for him, everything was very much based on attraction, like looks. And then eventually like sex, right? So to him, he's like, if you are a good looking person, I'm probably going to end up having sex with you. And I'm like, that's not how it works for me. Like, I don't think based totally on just what you look like, I can move forward with something like that. There's got to be a little bit more for me, right? A deeper kind of connection. You have to have some type of conversation and intelligence where I connect with you. You know, there's so much more. Do you find that difference with like men where it's just driven into one way versus like, let's figure out who you are. Let's find this connection. For me, it's a little bit deeper sometimes than just attraction and what you look like. Well, it's it's, it's both ways. Mm -hmm. You find that with women, women says, well, it's men. It's still going back to it. No commitment. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for no commitment. If they being attracted by somebody the way they are, they looked and mm-hmm. everything. It's what it's just a one night stand. Really right. consider to them because right when it, at the end of the day they ain't moving in with them. Right, right. It's right. just what they can get, and then guess what they're gonna move on because right. But at the same time, what they don't realize is that when you join in with that individual, you taking on what they already care. Mm-hmm. So even though he might see her and she attracted and everything. But he don't know who she's been with. Right. He don't even know what kind of spirits he entertaining. Mm-hmm. So guess what? When they get intimate, he think he just come up, but he don't know what he can with him. Right. He don't know what been already uh, uh, deposited in him, in other right. words. Right. Those energies. Yes. Kind of thing yes. So it is, and so guess what? The way he are, the, the way he is, might be from Someone he saw was attracted, and he don't realize it. Right. And he going from one place to the next place to the right. next place to the next. There, to me, there's been that like such moments of like emptiness in situations like that, right? Where I don't fully give myself that time to connect with someone and really get to know them. And at the end of the day, I'm like, this was not 
good. It's not a good feeling, right? Like you end up, I, like I said, I end up feeling these places of like emptiness where I'm like, why, why did this happen? So definitely for me, again, it's time and experience and, you know, and just going through all these lessons and figuring out like, that's not for me. Like, it's definitely not. Do you find that a lot in your ministry where people like really just come to you where it's like, I'm so done with this kind of situation and move on? Yes. And in, in, in one of the things is, is like, uh, just trying to fill that void. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Trying to fill a void and thinking that that's going to help the situation, right. but it really make it worse. Right. Because you're getting a deposit and you don't know what you're being deposited of. We're right. being deposited in you because you're thinking that, well, you the connection and the energy and everything, you, you, that's not going to solve the issue because it, the next day... You still got the same problem. Yeah. Do you um do you create like retreats or workshops like for people to this kind of thing? No, I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm, I am. Uh, I've been encouraged by s- several people that uh-huh. I need to do things like that. And yeah, I, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm working on that because right now in today's society we need it. Right. We need it because. Uh, even my wife, she's able to to reach out to. She can be able to help women as well mm-hmm. as even though I can too. But we as a couple can be able to help so many people because, like I said, we weren't always where we are now. Right. You know. Right. Because even though we we got together, we still had to work on things. Yeah. Uh, twenty four years. Some people are like man, I don't know how you do it. You right. know, I hear from people like even people that I knew for years ago who who knew like. Still together, right? Right. Yeah, you know, this this value, this, <laughs> this solid. That's, you know, this it. You know, that is because I made a commitment. This this it. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna give a hundred percent. You know, when I was in the world and when I was doing my mess and when I was in sin, I gave a hundred percent. So right. when I came on God's side, I'm giving a hundred percent. So right. I say, the woman I married, I'm gonna give her a hundred percent. I'm gonna give it all. That is not gonna hold nothing back. So aside from like yourself, right, giving a hundred percent, what is something else that you feel has made your marriage like work? Because you talk a lot about communication and being fully committed. Is there anything else that you feel like maybe your wife would say that has made your relationship kind of work? Yes, I, one of the things is what took me to get her. I, I got to keep doing it. You know, date night. Yeah, you know, every week. Yeah. We still got to go on date. Right. We still got to date. Even at night, you know, yeah. uh, communication, pillow talk. We always have pillow talk. Mm-hmm. Before we go to sleep, we get the pillow and talk. When you fight, do you do that thing where, like, you don't go to bed angry? Is that oh, a no, thing? No, we can't do that. Okay. okay. Yeah, we got to talk about it. Okay. You know, because she know I'm the type. I don't say nothing. When, I'm, when it's a disagreement, You're upset, huh? I don't say I'm the type, I'm a peaceful person. Uh-huh. And she like to talk it out. So I'm just, <laughs> my thing is... You was right, and that's it. Uh, so, yeah. Do you feel like? Do you feel like that's a like a way of you like giving in? Like, like you're maybe not really working on it if you kind of say, "Oh, you're right," and you know, I was wrong, and move on. Or do you feel like that's just kind of a balance for you? That's a balance for me because the thing is, one one thing I have learned: the Bible says it's good to suffer for righteousness' sake, mm-hmm. even when you're right. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes you have to compromise. To, you have to agree to disagree. Okay. Mm-hmm. So guess what? Why continue to talk 
and you trying to prove a point, she trying to prove her point. So guess what? You're right. And leave it alone, because at the end of the day, that don't bother me, because right. I told her she was right. Right. It just made peace. Because right. one thing I have learned in in the household, where a lot of men don't understand is, they control the, the temperature, uh-huh. the thermostat. Mm-hmm. They control it. So, <laughs> guess what? When they happen, the house is happy. Because <laughs> guess what? It's, it's how they... You have to keep it balanced out right. because women's and I commend women. I always commend my wife, I, I, even my daughters, even women's in general. Is that you all deal with so much that men don't deal with? Mm-hmm. With you put on so many hats, mm-hmm. not just being a wife or you, a mom, you, your mom, you, you yeah. employee. You come home, you trying to cook, have mm-hmm. the kids at the same time. Making sure the food being ready, making sure they getting their homework, you know. Yeah. So you put on so many hats, and, yeah. and and I think a lot of times women don't get the credit that they deserve. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. definitely something that I always think about. I'm like, I do. Even when I was married, and even now, right? Like I try to do as much as I can and be there for everybody that I can be there for. Um, and then at the end of the day, I would end up always feeling drained and upset because I don't have time for myself. And, you know, it all kind of went back to that kind of like filling my own cup and it never really happened for me. It would happen when I was married, but not as much as I would have wanted to. Right. And now I've learned to really balance that and figure that out for myself. Right. Like, especially during quarantine, figuring out those things, like I'll go to Memorial Park and walk for like four miles. And it's like, it feels amazing. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't even realize I was walking four miles because I'm just in my head, you know, by myself, listening to my music. And so, yeah, I've realized that now where I probably would have never done that when I was married, right? Because I didn't have the time because I didn't make the time. And and there is time for it. You just have to really prioritize. And that's that's true because you have to take time off for yourself. Even though we married, I still take time off. I know she has space. I know when she needs her space. She know when I need mine. That's and important. My thing, my thing for me is like if she in the room doing something like that, that's her space. I go keep myself occupied. I got yes. things I can do. And she at the same time, I say, hey, I'm going to the park. And I mean, I go and we'll go together sometime. Well, I'm going by myself because I know I like to get out and I like to walk. Yeah. Because at the same time, I'm, I'm listening to the music. Yeah. Gospel music. I'm listening to uh, the sermons. You know, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the same way, and I love that because I feel that before I didn't really get that right opportunity where um, I could do things by myself and feel okay about it. So that's really important to me. So, okay, last thing. What has been maybe like one question that you've gotten or like one situation that you've kind of heard from where you were like, oh, I can't handle this. I don't want to talk about this. Have you had anything like that happen to you? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because sometimes... You 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 dealing with uh, a society and, and and the intimacy, mm-hmm. the intimacy part. It is and it's like one is being happy more than the other. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's been situations many, like yes, that. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so, do you help these people like ultimately kind of work through things where maybe you mediate and like they stay married, or have you even had situations where like they end up not staying married? Have you had situations like that? No, I had situations where they stayed married. Uh-huh. You know, just talking. It's to get to the means it's hard. It's it's a challenge. Because right. some means don't like to admit. Right. They don't like to face and I and that was something mean. 
growing up like the face reality. Right. What it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that's for a lot of men and most of the men that they don't want to deal with the real issue. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Long as some of them will deal with a lie and just take the lie and they okay. Right. But the real issue they don't There's don't no like it. digging deeper into they, that. they they don't like to get to the root of the cause. Right. Right. What's why is this happening? Yeah. What did this start from? Right. And I learned something. I went to this class one time, and I'll never forget. And it was about you. And it went all the way back to your childhood, all the way up to your upbringing and everything. And you'll be amazed what you didn't know about yourself that affected you when you were younger. And it became like a... um, a continuation as you begin to become an adult. But you don't know these things exist until you go into certain phases in your life and deal with situations that comes up and you didn't know it was it it was there the whole time. Right. But you kept burying it. You kept covering up. Right. Covering up until it came out and open. And then you have those situations for me when I've gone to therapy where the therapist would tell me, Well, do you realize like this is happening because of this? And I'm like Oh, like that's where they came from. Like, yeah, and you don't realize that, like you said, like, you know, the therapist one time she was like, do you realize that we've never really talked about your dad? And I'm like, wow, I don't really talk about my dad. Like, yeah, so you don't realize you're doing it because you're not even thinking about it, right? It's become so normal to you. Until you get to that moment and have to deal with certain questions Mm -hmm. that comes up like, you know what, I didn't know. Right, Because for me... I think one of the uh, things I I hit to address was my dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And growing up, people used to say, you're going to be just like your dad. And right. So guess what? I That took that on in my mind because that's all I heard. Right. Confession. They confessed it. Every time they said it, they spoke it. Mm-hmm. And so it became rooted in me. Mm-hmm. Before you knew it, I started drinking like him. I started, you know, so I right. started acting. I started carrying on his characteristics. Right, right. Yeah. Until I dealt with the, the situation. I had to get to the root of the cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's that type of situation where I know, like, you, you speak to people or you speak to, like, for myself with my kids, I really, like, pull myself back sometimes. I've never said, like, you're just like your dad or, you know, remind me of your yeah. dad. Because that's the kind of thing for me that I feel in the long run, like you said, yeah. will come out later. Yeah, and I don't out. ever want that, you know, for them to be like. Oh my goodness, you know, like this and that. So definitely like what you speak to people is definitely something that people, it becomes a part of that. They they begin to believe it. Right, right. And that's why I always, always let them know. I talk to people, I always love, you more than enough. Right. The best is yet to come. Yeah. Your best days are still ahead of you. Yeah. They are still ahead of you. Your days, your best days are still ahead of you. Thank you. So I'm going to have to come and stop by and visit your ministry and listen to you because definitely you were recommended by a friend and she was like, you really need to talk to him. You really need to hear from him. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on and for sharing with us today. Yes. Thank you. God bless and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys.